right. Welcome everybody to a very special episode of the Ball Hawks podcast. Uh, we have, obviously, as we alluded to on Twitter, a special guest for you. But he would feel heartbroken if I didn't introduce him first. So my right-hand man, as always, Christopher, this week, Donkey Phillips. What's happening, dude? Uh, so if I'm Donkey, that means you're Shrek, um, which means you have layers. Yes. It's accurate. <laughs> like, like a cake, right? Yeah. Layers like a cake. I like cake. Yeah. No, Donkey. Ogres are like onions. <laughs> <laughs> At least I understood your reference this week. There's so many weeks where I'm like sitting there for a second. I'm like, ah, which one is that again? So at least this week I was somewhat on the ball. And the best thing is I've been super unprepared over the last couple of weeks. Like, obviously, if uh, actually I don't think I put it on Twitter. Uh, I threw my phone in the lake this weekend uh, unknowingly. So I've been kind of checked out from a lot of things. And as we were talking pre uh, pre recording, I was like, oh, I got to think of something for Chris. And I was like, how have I never used Shrek so far of all the Disney sidekicks that I've come up with so far? Yeah. So what's happening today? That was just. That was just your lowbrow way of calling me an ass. I get it. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> trying to trying to sneak one past me, Steven. Yeah. I'm on to your I'm on to your tricks this many episodes in. Um, yeah, man, today's good. I am I mean, full disclosure, I'm a little bit tired. Um, my my back hurts. Um, I should probably be in bed already. Uh, I, I stayed up way too late with Olivia last night. We had a sleepover in the basement. And she loves telling anybody who will listen. So if she was still awake right now, she would love to come on and be like, I stayed up until 11 o'clock, guys. That's almost midnight. So, yeah, Olivia and I stayed up till 11 o'clock last night in the basement watching movies, eating way more junk food than we needed to. Um, You'll appreciate this. We drank a little bit of great pop. There you go. Yeah, had a little bit of great pop while uh, watching. We watched The Parent Trap. And uh, we watched the, I don't know, first, let's say, half of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So, you know, a bit of a very, very diverse mix of, of movies for uh, for me and the six-year-old. And now your back is paying for it because you are old, sir. And you will always be hey, older than me, so... Uh... You, you try sleeping on an air mattress and tell me how your back feels. It is true. I mean, I mean, we went camping and we have a trailer, but it's like one of those older trailers that we're fixing up. And uh, let's say I was up many times just sort of, you know, hanging out, trying to uh, pretty much recoup feeling in my neck here. All right. And as I alluded to at the start of the show, we have a special guest for us here, uh, an avid Seahawks fan. A newlywed as well, we saw on Twitter, and from the Pacific Northwest as well, we have Michaela Mattis. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Having a good day so far, even though it's now the evening. Um, <laughs> but thanks for having me today. Yeah, no worries. Uh, We've had so long and battling so many techno- technological dif- difficulties that it is now the evening yeah. it's officially the next day and we are still podcasting because of steve's internet perfect wouldn't be the first won't be the last um yeah you're obviously here to talk a little bit of seahawks uh 
give the listeners a little rundown of a couple different topics, uh, but let everybody know where they can find you going forward. Oh, yeah. You can find me um, on Twitter at Michaela Mattis, which is M-I-K-A-E-L-A-M-A-T-T-E-S. Um, just my first and last name. That's where you can find me. Um, yeah, I'm a lot of fun to follow. So uh, lots of Seahawks, uh, retweets, tweets, just all the information. So yeah, def- that was a, a much better intro than when I made my podcasting debut as well. Our buddies were like, hey, where can they find you at? And I was like, I actually don't know my own Twitter <laughs> handle. So that you're, you're doing really great already. I made it really easy for me to remember. So that's true. I, I hope I remember that. Although sometimes I, I have had to check in the past. So yeah, definitely. Uh, the first topic we want to get to here is uh, obviously this past week was the uh, NFL deadline for the 53 man roster uh, cutdowns. You had to get to 53 guys on the roster. And then I can't remember if it was 24 hours after that. Uh, you could put guys on IR. Uh, you could try to sign some of those people back that you wanted back on your squad. So uh, just uh, we'll start with you, Chris, your your initial reactions on the 53. Um, I guess initial reaction. Um, I mean, I, I know we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I think it was Steve um, where with, with Robert Kim um, you know, I was very excited to have him in Seattle. I have said for multiple times on this show that I really wanted Seattle to draft him. Um, everything coming out of training camp sounded like he looked unreal in training camp. Uh, he was phenomenal. And then all of a sudden he wasn't playing any preseason snaps. And initially I was thinking like, okay, well, like, if he's not getting any preseason snaps, well, he must be a lock to make the roster. And then I think it was, I can't remember if it was either before the third preseason game or right before cut down, all of a sudden reports start coming out of no, like Kim Dietschy hasn't taken any preseason snaps because he's dealing with a groin injury and he's dealing with some sort of nagging injury, whether it be that plus something else, or if it was something else altogether. And he actually, is on the roster bubble all of a sudden. Um, so to see him get cut, I guess I was not overly surprised because of the things I was seeing like 24 hours before cut down day. Um, but still one of those guys that, I mean, as you know, I was really hoping to see make the final roster. I'm, I'm still kind of hoping, um, I know M- Michaela will understand this, but the Seahawks kind of did this last year with, uh, with snacks, Harrison, where they signed him to the practice squad, um, said, you know, you're not quite game ready yet, and we don't really need you yet. So just stay here, stay on the practice squad, get up to snuff, uh, you know, get familiar with the system, familiar with the guys, get some practices in. When we need you, we're going to call your number. And I'm I'm hoping and, and also kind of thinking that's what they're going to do with Ken DG is like, hey, we're going to keep you on the pack practice squad get some practice in, get healthy, make sure you're hundred percent. And when we need you, we're going to call your number. Um, I mean, he's still so young. I, I can't help but think he's, he's got a, a, a position on this squad. Um, other than that, I mean, there weren't too many surprises. 
maybe only keeping four wide receivers. That was uh, a bit of a surprise. And I think they kept like five running backs. Um, so definitely a, a, a big stable of running backs. Um, you know, maybe they're just thinking like keep everyone fresh and, you know, if someone gets hurt next guy up or maybe still hoping to trade someone, I'm not quite sure. Uh, and then, uh, last surprise for me is wasn't a cut, but it was trading a killer witherspoon. Um, which I know, uh, I mean, I, I, I retweeted it, so I'm okay with outing myself on this one, but, uh, I, I even said feel free to keep the receipt when I tweeted this. That's how confident <laughs> I was in saying it, that the Seahawks were going to re- regret signing Akello Witherspoon to a one-year contract because he's going to ball out this year and command a lot more money next year. So, uh, whoopsies. <laughs> <laughs> and who, who knows, he might still command that money, just you got compensation for it. Uh, exactly. the, I think you've been pronouncing it. I always heard, uh, I call him in DK and you call him. I, I don't even know. Kim Dichi. Kim Dichi. I've never heard it. I was going to mention this last episode. We're going to have to check the pronunciation of that. Um, I've never heard. What did you say? NDK? Yeah, NDK. Michaela? Sure coming out of the draft, that's how they all said it. But they could be, they could have been saying it wrong. I would say Kimdichi, but yeah, okay. it could be. It's hard because people pronounce it differently. If you hmm. listen over like the air and stuff, you hear it pronounced differently. So that would be something to check on for sure. Yeah, interesting. It's like uh, Travis Etienne, right? Uh, as Canadians, like to like to say Etienne. <laughs> oh, I don't say that. <laughs> don't let me in with you. Um, Michaela, what were your kind of initial reactions of the 53? Any surprises, anything that was kind of like, yeah, that's a lock. I like that they kept Kerhan for the tackle position. Um, surprise a little bit that they kept three quarterbacks. However, I don't think that's going to be long term. Um, I think that that's there for now. And maybe they're doing what some teams did last year where they make sure they have three quarterbacks on their roster if COVID becomes an issue. But Mm. where I'm kind of wondering is why that wouldn't just be on your practice squad to pull a guy up. Um, So I think that that could be a move later down the road to create an extra roster spot, whether it's for a wide receiver or who knows, maybe Geno Atkins down the road. I know that that's been talked about a little bit here and there. Um, but I think that's going to be a flex spot there for sure, where they can maybe drop a third QB and add an, another player. Um, as for, you know, four wide receivers, something I did think about, because there's often talk about how DJ Dallas isn't necessarily the best blocker if they need him as a running back. And that's why they keep Travis Homer on the squad is because he's a better blocker. Um But DJ Dallas used to be a wide receiver. So I'm thinking they're keeping him as a fifth running back, but you might actually see him playing, you know, a wide receiver role in some capacity or at least out there as an addition. So um, I really liked what I saw from him on special teams through um, the preseason games. I think he balled out, but uh, also agree with, the fact that maybe they're keeping five people on the roster. They didn't want to, you know, just cut Penny maybe and, and not get anything for him and see if they could get anything for him. But I think there's still some roster moves to be made here in the next couple of weeks for sure. Yeah. 
I think we're not going to see like uh, I was actually talking about it with um, my dad tonight. We uh, we were up at my parents' house for dinner, and uh, I, I said to my dad, I said, you know, maybe we don't see a, a Geno Atkins signing until after Week One, because of course there's the you know the the contract stipulation that once you're a, a, a you know a vested veteran, um, if you're signed before Week One, your contract it becomes fully guaranteed, I believe. Whereas after week one, it's not a guaranteed contract. So I could see, I, I, I forgot about the, the three quarterback thing and everyone's kind of like, have they ever done that before? Which I, I don't think they have. Um, that yeah, maybe one of those guys gets cut to, to make room for, for a guy like Geno Atkins after week one, or maybe they sign a, you know, a, a fifth wide receiver after week one, a, a veteran guy, like, uh, I don't know. I know a guy named Golden Tate that looks pretty good in a in a Seahawks jersey once upon a time. So I don't know. Maybe he could come in and, and fill in, um, you know, a positional need. Um, yeah, it's uh, not not a ton of surprises. I don't think it's just more so of a like, oh, like I, I can't believe you only have this many at that position, but also that many at that position. I think it's like like Michaela said. There's still a lot to be done here. I mean, all of a sudden, the Seahawks are in a position where they have $13.5 million in cap space. And I'm sure, Michaela, I'm sure you've seen it, but I've seen a lot of people on Twitter saying, like, something's brewing. The Seahawks are definitely up to something here. Um, We just don't know what yet. Whether it's signing a couple of players, but I'm also on the back end thinking, well, there's a couple of players that you really need on your roster who are seeking more compensation. Dwayne Brown. We're talking Quandre Diggs at this point. So there's still a few things that they need to lock in first. um, I think personally to make sure that those players are playing week one. And I'm wondering if any of that cap space is going to be utilized to, you know, compensate at least a little bit more, Uh, for this season specifically, kind of make that, give it a little cushion. Um, But the cornerback role is still a huge question mark. I don't even know if we want to dive into that yet. (laughs) It might not be where we need to go right now. Uh, So I'm not, I'm not going to go there at this point, but. I I am going to go somewhere with with, with something that you said there. Do you think they extend Quandre Diggs or what do you think they do there? I, I know I mean, they ran into this scenario a couple of years ago with a different free safety who, uh, of course, ended his time in Seattle with a broken leg flipping the bird, um, which, I mean, it, I, I, I love Earl Thomas, um, and I don't blame him one bit for the way he went off the field in that situation. Um, but I, I think I've said to Steve in the past, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised, and I honestly don't think they will extend quandary digs what what are your thoughts um i know that you know some people are saying it's an insurance policy he's seeking out to make sure that if he gets injured that you know he's gonna have what he needs to take care of himself but i don't know there's a lot of good prospects here that we have whether it's ryan neal or you know let's talk blair let's talk amadi who played safety you know so we have some young talent but we have to also give Diggs the credit. If they want to get him locked down, they want to extend him. And he's only going to get more expensive as time goes on. If you lock him in now, 
it's probably best case scenario long-term if you do want to keep them long-term. The issue being is that there's so many players that need extensions apparently for this upcoming year that once, you know, it's already gotten the ball rolling with here's Jamal Adams and now Dwayne Brown is holding in and he wants an extension and now it's Diggs. So how far do you go and for how many players? At what point do you say, we just got to, we, we're going to focus on this season. We're going to talk contracts, you know, come maybe December. Sometimes that happens um, yep. before the end of the season. But at what point do they say, we're going to put this pause. We got to focus on the team here and now. And personally, I feel like they need to maybe have that conversation with Quandre. Um, I, I 100% think they need to extend Dwayne Brown, keep him happy, get him on the field. We saw Stone Forsyth. We saw Jamarco Jones in the preseason. Um, I mean, you you were at the game when Jamarco was stuck in quicksand. Um, <laughs> so it, it, it we need Dwayne Brown on the field. We need to, him to keep Russell Wilson upright and healthy. Um, I think. I mean, he's thirty six years old. So what do you give him? Like a, a two year extension max. Uh, and and really, it's probably going to be a front-loaded deal that is really only a, a one-year extension if you feel the need to cut him or, or let him walk for free after next season. Um, whereas with yeah, with with Quandre, you can say like you know what, like let's have let's let's play this season, let's see how it works out, and let's let's table these conversations for now. Because I mean, next summer we're running into DK Metcalf going into year four of his rookie contract. So we're running into this with our, you know, arguably number one wide receiver, 1A, 1B, however you want to label him and Tyler Lockett. Um, We're going to run into these same scenarios and these same conversations uh, when it comes to a guy like DK Metcalf. And I'm, I'm sorry, as much as I like Quandre Diggs, and even as much as I like Dwayne Brown, um, I'm going to rank DK Metcalf into his having him on the field and having his extension done um, as priority number one over those other two guys. Now, as the lone outsider of the Seahawks world in this conversation, I can't help but play just a little bit of a de- devil's advocate here. Um, Chris and I talked a lot in the offseason about Jamal Adams coming over and you know, the, the Jamal effect, would his contract hold out linger far enough in, would it like disrupt the locker room? Would his influence kind of like spread this idea of like, Oh, Jamal's holding out. He just got paid. Dwayne Brown's got to be thinking, can I do the same as well? Um, so there's that part of it. I'm curious whether you think there's some sort of like I don't want to call it like a, a poison in the locker room kind of thing, but it it's kind of odd that all of a sudden all of these Seahawk players want to get paid right after Jamal does this stuff. And the other thing I, I heard Chris say was, you know, oh, yeah, we'll just sign Dwayne Brown, probably like a two year contract kind of thing. But isn't that the same stuff we were talking about um, with who was it? Akella Weatherspoon. You were like, I can't believe they didn't sign him to longer deal. What if Dwayne Brown is wanting, like, he's not young. He's going to try to maximize this last contract. So I think they're playing with kind of a lot of fire of not having him show up or overpaying. I'm just curious what you guys think of those two things, the the Jamal thing and then uh, possibly overpaying Dwayne Brown. I want to say that I heard it uh, when I was watching The Herd with 
you know, Colin Coward. And I think that they brought it up there about the culture that Pete Carroll has created when Russell Wilson was unhappy with his contract. And of course, I, th- I want to say it was over the summer that they extended him the last time. Um, but that the culture that that creates of, you know, Pete basically opening that door to where if players are wanting a new contract that they'll make it happen at some point if they decide that they're going to hold in or hold out or however they want to do it. But you also have to think, though, you know, I think that depending on the caliber of the player, I think players know whether or not they're star quality and that they can do that. So, for instance, Jamal Adams, they paid two first round picks for the guy. Sure. They can he can do that. Dwayne Brown, after all the comments Russell Wilson had to say this this summer um, and all that drama, Dwayne Brown knows he can do that. He's still a really solid left tackle. He protects Russell Wilson on that side so well. So there are certain players that digs. He had like what I think was like five interceptions or something last season. He's one of those players that I think he's a little bit on that scale of he's he can he can test the waters. He can mm-hmm. see how it goes for him. But players have to decide, like, hey, is it worth me holding in or holding out for a new contract? Am I that am I that much of a star of a player? DK Metcalf is yeah. right. Like, I agree with you. The heat they should prioritize his contract and paying him first for how young he is and for how like he's only going to get better. He hasn't even reached his prime yet. I don't think like he's only going to get better. Um, so they need to pay him too, but that's my thought on it. I, I, I think that players kind of know if they're star quality and if they can, if they can push the envelope in that way. And I, I agree with, with what you said about Quandry. He's, he's kind of like, I mean, he's been great here. And, and I think part of the, what makes Quandre so good in Seattle and, and what makes the, the Seattle fans really appreciate what he's done is that we, I mean, we acquired him basically for nothing, right? Like I, I think it was a, a fifth round pick that John Schneider sent to Detroit for Quandre Diggs, um, who they were planning on cutting. So, I mean, it, it, it's, he's one of those guys where like, he's done really well in Seattle and I love what he's done and he definitely deserves to get paid. But I think somebody else can do what he does in Seattle. Uh, You mentioned Marquise Blair. I love Marquise Blair. Uh, When he got hurt last year, I was like, I was, I don't want to say devastated, but like I was upset. Like he was, I mean, he was balling out. He looked so good in that uh, slot cornerback position. Um, but he's a natural safety. So I think he is someone that can, you know, easily step into that free safety role. Um, and that's the thing is, I mean, the, the Seahawks kind of broke character, uh, this off season when they extended Tyler Lockett, like that, that was, I mean, for the, the John Schneider and Pete Carroll era, that was kind of against what they do, right? They, I think Tyler has, does he have two years left on his contract? I mean, I know he wasn't, I know he wasn't due this upcoming year. So it must've been two years. So they, they, I mean, they extended him long before anybody expected them to anyways. Right. Like it was like, 
I think it was like, what was it, June or May? And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, the Seahawks have extended Tyler Lockett. And you're like, pardon me, what? Like, Which, we, by the way, I was super happy about. Oh, absolutely. Lock, just, it's one of, lock them in. Yeah, it's one of those contracts where, like, you're like, wait a second. Like, the Seahawks actually extended the guy before he had to hold out to get this extension. <laughs> like, he didn't, he didn't have to post that, uh, that midnight video laying in bed being like, Hey Seattle, I got the deal. I'm, com- I'm coming home or whatever. Rusty was we got, we got a deal. We got a deal. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, that DJ Fluker and oh, was it Lockett and DJ it was Fluker? Lockett. Yeah, it was Lockett. Oh and my DJ. god, and how they reinvented that. That was such a funny video. Yeah, of course. After the Lockett deal got done, I I, I saw that retweeted a couple times. But uh, it's hey Seattle, we we got a deal like. I love Russell Wilson, but he's got to be one of the corniest guys in the entire league. We all honestly <laughs> wish we could be as corny as Russell Wilson and just, like, get away with being how great he Like, just, you know, like, we all deep down are that corny. But then you watch him with, like, some of the photos that he posts with Sierra on Instagram and Facebook and like, Twitter and whatever else. And he's like, and, like, I look at those photos and I'm like, Knowing how corny you are, like you are just trying way too hard right now, man. Like I remember rookie Russ in those, you know, Hawaiian button up shirts and his, uh, his, uh, uh, you know, Nike air monarch white dad shoes. And it's just so night and day parallels of like, you know, corny Russ, just like living up to it. And like just like, yeah, this is who I am versus like, no, I'm married to Sierra, so I'm going to, like, try to be cool, Russ. But deep down inside, I still call Pete Mr. Carroll. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Yes. That, that took a wild turn that I had no idea was coming. And I was here for all of it. Uh, okay, I got to ask you one more kind of off-season roster move. And it, it kind of goes against everything you were just talking about, how they, you know, it seemed like they were flipping a switch and they, they, you know, extended Lockett earlier. I saw you tweeting a whole bunch about this, Michaela. Uh, you guys lost KJ, right? Who, who is the person who's going to fill that? Like for me as an outsider looking in KJ, Wright Just seemed like one of those players you don't let go. He's one of those guys that is like so impactful on the field. I think like, not to say this is like a measure of anything, but, you know, the NFL's top 100 that they do, uh, <laughs> right? They, that's so players painful. voting them in. I think he was, what, like number 40 or something like that? You don't let a top 50 player in the league just just walk. So Not one that you've had on your team for 10 years or 11 years, and he's been consistent. Did you see him against Kyler Murray last season and he his defense against Kyler Murray when he was going to try to run he just st- stood his ground he he was being patient just he's so great and he had such a great season I love me some KJ Wright I like how humble he is I like the way he plays I like his demeanor he's a smart football player he knows he's very smart on the field it's not just his physicality um, I see, I see Chris's hand <laughs> but, um, no, that one, that one hurts. And, but you know what? I'm very interested to see, uh, Darrell Taylor potentially play there. Cody Part- Barton lit up the preseason and 
I know people had feelings about him last season a little bit when he'd have to come in and fill in in some positions, but uh, I think Cody Barton is is ready. I really do. If he has to step into that role, I think he's fast. I think with him and Jordan Brooks, and then obviously Bobby Wagner, just you know, in the center there, I think that uh, I think it'll be a fast linebacker group. I think they'll be okay. Chris. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Mr. Sh- Mr. Fisher, I have something I would like to say. Um, Doesn't sound it like was it. Ti- it was time. It was time. It was time. I love KJ Wright. I love everything he did in a Seahawks uniform. Um, I mean, he had the best year uh, of his entire career last year, probably. Uh, I mean, that interception that he had on Kirk Cousins, like that, like that Spider-Man, like grasp it out of the air in one hand. Um, like just one of the craziest interceptions you've seen from any defensive player, let alone a linebacker. Um, but it was, it was time. It's time to get younger at the linebacker position. I think Jordan Brooks can do what KJ Wright did. I think uh, Daryl Taylor, although I think Daryl Taylor is going to be more of a, on ball linebacker he's going to be i think playing more from the defensive end position than he will be from the linebacker position um and like you said i mean cody barton looked phenomenal this preseason he was like you said he was fast he was all over the field he was blitzing he was making plays he was making tackles so i i think cody barton in year three is showing that like maybe he can do this too and you know sure it's sad to see a guy go that has played in Seattle for the last 10 years, but I just, I don't know. Um, maybe I never really fully appreciated KJ Wright, And I'm willing to admit that. And maybe that's why I'm okay to see him moving on to the Raiders. Um, but I'm also excited to see what we have in some of this youth. I mean, there's going to come a time over the next, you know, let's say two to five years where we're making the same decisions with a guy like Bobby Wagner. Right. And it just, you have to make those tough decisions. You have to at some point make a decision to get younger. And I think with some of the guys that they've drafted over the last couple of years and some of the guys that they have in the system, um, this was their best opportunity to, to, to move on. Yeah. I mean, as an outsider looking in, I think he would. Sorry, have Michaela. To... <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. I... I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I think doesn't he... mean I have to feel good about what you're saying. No, absolutely, and that's absolutely no. <laughs> and that's the thing is, I mean, when when Earl Thomas left Seattle, like I was mad. Like I didn't want him to leave Seattle. Like I wanted, like, I mean, looking back on it, like I I totally get it. But at the same time, I was like, what the hell are the Seahawks paying this guy? He's the best free safety in the league at the time. Like. Why are you not paying this guy? Why are you not keeping him around? Um, and, and maybe that's why I don't feel the same way about KJ Rakes. I don't feel like he's the best outside linebacker in the NFL. I mean, not that they, you need to be the best of the best to be paid. Um, but I just, I, I think that, I, I mean, God, Jordan Brooks looked phenomenal. In I mean, as good as Cody Barton looked, Cody, uh, Jordan Brooks looked that much better in the preseason. So I'm just, I'm really excited to see some of the youth and see how they use these younger guys and what they do going forward. 
like as the outsider looking in it it shocks you when you see a guy with kj wright's pedigree let go now chris and i have talked about this or i'm sure we've talked about the 80 percent rule if you feel like there's a backup who's on a rookie contract who can do 80 percent of what your starter does it's like almost a, a lock-in to cut the guy no matter like any sort of nostalgic ties he has to the city the team um but it is shocking like he didn't really get paid i i was trying to look it up earlier what the contract was with the raiders it's only one year so you yeah. have to think like he it's not like he went somewhere else to cash in which is the shocking part for me like like he said uh earl thomas coming to the ravens he cashed in he made his money when he left that one makes sense. It Does it hurt you? Yes. Iconic player, like you said, top free safety in the game when he left. But it made sense because he cashed in um, with all of those things. The KJ Wright one just doesn't make sense to me necessarily. Um, but I, I think you guys are both right. Like if, if you have those young guys coming in who can do 80% of what KJ Wright does and you can spread that money out somewhere else, that's how you build sustainable winners. And not everybody likes that method, but it's true. Yeah, like sp- spread that money out to some cornerbacks. Yes. Please. I I'm agree. so confused. Okay, so actually, that leads, I have a question for you, Steve. Warrior. I forget yeah. his first name. But we obviously claimed him off the waiver wires from the Ravens. Yeah. And I've heard some decent things about him when I've looked some things up. What are your thoughts and how do you feel about the Seahawks, given the podcast? How do you feel about the Seahawks claiming him off the waiver wire? I love how we're just like taking shots back and forth at each other. Like I get you with KJ. (laughs) You're like, come to think of it now. Wasn't there a guy? Yeah, um, he has looked so good. Uh, Obviously, he's behind maybe one of the arguably one of the most loaded secondary classes in the entire NFL from corners. I mean, our safeties are relatively unknown outside of Baltimore, but they play in that system. Unbelievably. Um, he, he just never really had his chance to get a shot. That's a spot that people thought he was going to get on the 53. Um, and then potentially moved around because the thought was that he was going to get claimed, uh, if, if they let him off and, and clearly, I don't know how the claim process, I, I haven't really looked into how the claim process works uh, when you're making the 53-man roster, but it, he clearly didn't make it to free agents to to kind of sign with whoever he wanted. I believe so. the claim process is based off of your draft order for the year. So I thought that's what it was, too. So He, he obviously fell decently far because we all know the Seahawks aren't at the top of that, that order, but... Yeah. Uh, I, I always so think he of the, the claim far, but Seahawks have a huge need. So yeah, yeah, I think you well, get a then, versatile guy. You were Michaela. You were talking earlier on like a guy who can play some special teams. Uh, he can round out kind of like a, a secondary class. He can play a bunch of special teams. Uh, I think it's a smart claim by the Seahawks. I I don't. I was trying to look it up as as you were saying it. I did have a tweet about like I hate Chris or something like that or. There, were, there was something along those lines, like, I hate you for taking him. So I, I think yeah. you got a good claim there. Is he going to be another DJ Reed? Do we think? Another, like, claim off the waivers, like, you know, the, the Niners let DJ Reed go. He has a great season, and now we're going to get... Do you think he could start? 
that one is hard for me to assess not really knowing like the like the caliber of what you know a, a Seahawks starter or even a Seahawks backup really is uh you know you would think I would know a little more being on a podcast with a Seahawks fan but uh he talks can enough play, for both of us I mean really Seattle's at this at the point where it's like can you play defensive back yeah. yes hey you're on the team yeah. like Yes. Sidney <laughs> Jones was a decent move, but I, I love that move. Yeah. Yeah. We'll sure. see how that goes back in Seattle. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess like, cause he went to uh university yeah. of Washington. Um, any, I mean, obviously I, I know him from playing in Philadelphia. Um, I think he battled some injuries and, and things like that, but, um, you know, I guess, can you give any insight into Sidney Jones? Um, anything, if you remember from, you know, college days or anything like that? Um, all I know is that he was pretty dominant when he was at UW. And that's obviously Pete Carroll. You know, you see other reports that he had reached out and talked to his coach at UW and that there's a lot of trust there between Carroll and, and, and his cornerback coach that he had um, at UW. So, if he can stay healthy, sometimes that's the hardest part, right? Like I'd be, I'd be decently confident and comfortable with Ethan Posick if he could just stay healthy. So that's the issue here that we're talking about is sometimes you have a solid player on your hands. They just can't stay healthy. And so you never get to actually see their full potential at an NFL scale. And that's the unfortunate part. So if Sidney Jones can stay healthy, you know, if he can actually see the field and playing time, maybe we'd see, you know, an, a really great player like he was back in college. And it, it's not to say that he's not a great player now. You just need your health to be able to do everything you need to do. Think about um, Dunbar last year, right? Like yeah. we traded, I think it was another fifth round pick to the um, to the Washington football team to snag him. And we were all excited. You watch any sort of film when he was playing for them. And it's just like light it up. But he had a knee issue last year. He couldn't he couldn't be at his full capacity. He was out there trying to cover guys and he would just get run by. So health is a huge component. And I, I can see where they're doing this huge shuffle for the cornerback position with Seattle. But they need to figure they need to figure out a solid lock. Like DJ Reed's yeah. like the only one right now that I'm like, cool. Like that's one of our starting cornerbacks. I think they're going to rotate in a lot of people come week one and see what works for, you know, a start, you know, a starting team. Yeah. I, I, I don't think they're, they're done yet trying to figure out the, you know, cornerback starting opposite of DJ Reed. Um, it, it's funny that you mentioned Ethan Posick because as soon as you said like health and being able to stay on the field, I was like, Oh, like Ethan Posick. Uh, like he's, I, I, I was actually I, I was talking about that uh, with a couple of guys this uh, earlier this afternoon. I was on a different podcast earlier today, and uh, I, I said the same thing. I, I don't understand why people crap on Ethan Posick so much. When he's played, he's been a really good center, but the problem is he's not consistently on the field. And I think we're going to see the same thing, you know, we, we, or we've seen the same thing with Sidney Jones, and hopefully he can stay on the field and stay healthy and you know maybe become that because again i think he's only 25 or 26 years old so maybe he can become that you know starting cornerback of the future for the seahawks for the next 
you know, four to five to six years or, or what have you. But I, I, I love the move. I mean, it was, you know, hopefully a guy that, uh, you know, can recapture some of that college glory and, and, uh, you know, translate it, that to the NFL game. It's so funny when you guys were saying, um, we're not really sure who that person opposite DJ Reed is going to be earlier in the day. I was just like re-familiarizing myself with like who's on the Seahawks roster even. And if you look on ESPN, there's actually a blank spot by their left cornerback spot. And I was like, what is going on there? Like, did it, okay. Maybe I'm just like, I don't know, having blurry vision or something like that, but there's obviously clearly a need there. Um, Let's uh, let's move into something here, Michaela. We want to ask you about uh, you had alluded to or Chris had about going to a preseason game. Obviously, with the pandemic, you know, last year, no fans were allowed in. So you are one of the first, you know, sample size of fans to actually get back to live uh, sports, which I was insanely jealous of. You know, you posting that all of my like people from Baltimore that I follow who are like, hey, I got free like training camp tickets and, you know, a little bit of, you know, ill wishes towards everybody who got to do that. But super excited for you guys that you got to do that. How was that getting back in there? Yeah, um, you know, I've been somebody through the pandemic that's been very more on the conservative side in the sense of like, I want to make sure I'm keeping my family, my friends safe, myself safe. Um, I take all that stuff seriously. I want to make sure that, you know, I have family who, you know, can't get the vaccine because their health concerns and stuff that that doesn't allow them to. So I'm doing everything I can to protect my people, first of all. But um, so going to a game was a big decision, right? You know, you're going, it, it's a weird feeling. It's a really cool feeling to like, just feel like a sense of normalcy. Yeah. But, you know, you might've seen in the picture, like we had our masks, you know, you, you know, we're, we're doing what we need to do to protect ourselves and the people around us, whether we're inside or outside. And you still get to have those cool experiences. You're still, you know, jumping up and down and you get a touchdown. You're still having a good old time and, you know, pulling down a mask, take a drink of your beer. It's not a big deal. It's, it's pretty quick and easy. Um, you know, and there's people, I would say, you know, we evaluated kind of afterwards, you know, you see about 25% of the people wearing masks and maybe, you know, 75% weren't, you know, we're outdoors. It's might feel a little more safe. And of course the preseason game isn't as packed as these normal season games are going to be. So I'm curious to see how many 12s pack the house come, come game one. Um, I'll be at the New Orleans game and the um, Jaguars game on Halloween. So I'll be at those Ring of Honor games for uh, Coach Holmgren and uh, Hasselback there. So super excited for those games, but I'm really curious to see how things pan out. I know Washington State specifically is, I think they've issued a you know mask mandate for outdoors that are over 500 people. So sounds like masks are going to be a common thing up at, uh, gosh, it's not Century Link anymore. Um, <laughs> Lumen Field. Lumen Field. They've changed it. I don't know how many times in my life at this point. So um, I still remember Seahawks Stadium. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Throwing it back. Yeah, um, well, not so all the way back curious. to Kingdom, but yeah, it was a good <clears> time. Um, I just tell people, you know, do what makes you feel most comfortable. Don't worry about other people around you. Keep yourself safe to the best of your ability, and 
you know, make those calls of what you need to make a call for for yourself. Um, yeah, but it was it was a good time, and it was the best game to go to because we blew them out. <laughs> like <laughs> the after only good two preseason games, I was a little concerned. I was like, should we even go to this game? These tickets fell in our lap the day of. We weren't even like you know, we didn't even have tickets that day, and and the tickets fell in our lap. So we're just like, should we go? Should we just watch it on TV? They haven't done well the first two, and I was just like, let's just go. Like we live, like we're so close to the stadium. It takes us like 15, 20 minutes to drive down there. Um, which tells you a lot because we're in the city. So that's pretty close considering that's how quick it gets. You get down there. Um, I was like, let's live life a little bit. We'll live life with some masks on. That makes us feel more comfortable. Uh, yeah. I, I loved the game. So, yeah, you, I mean, Steve can attest to this. The, the first two Seahawks preseason games, I was Eeyore <laughs> and uh, he was so like, so like any positives. I'm like, Nope. Not this week. It's like one player you can say something about. Jordan Brooks looked really good. Why is Jordan Brooks on the field? Like that's that was my question half the time. Like, why are you having him play? But I get it. Like I yeah. I get it. You only and, have so much depth. Nick Bullor going out there. I had no idea he had played linebacker before until I started out because I was like making all these comments on Twitter. Like why is our fullback out there? And then all of a sudden you find out like, Oh, he played linebacker for seven years. Like apparently most of his career, he's actually been a, a linebacker and not a fullback. I'm sitting here feeling like a ding dong. Like, I'm like, how did I not know this? <laughs> so, you know, but he did a really good job. I swear. It was just like something I remember very specifically about when Jamal Adams came to our team and like the first game, I just remember being like Adams, Adams. Like I just kept being like, it's Adams every time he's making all of these tackles. Like, oh my God, Adams, Adams, Adams. And I'm sitting here watching these preseason games. I'm like, Balor, 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 Balor. I'm just like, okay, <laughs> these tackles. So it was mind blowing for me. And then when I realized he had played that position, I'm like, that's really cool. Like, we have a guy that's versatile that can come in and play for us. Like, and he's feeling like another need in another spot as well. Like, just a solid, solid dude to have on your team. And he's a pro bowler. Like, he just went yeah. to the football last year. So, yeah. And Apologies. apparently the funniest guy on the team, team. according to his teammates. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, 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 I, I don't know if you saw, but the Seahawks were like running a, a thing, asking multiple guys during training camp, being like, who's the top five funniest guys on the team? Which every single guy included themselves in the top five, which I say every single guy that did that is super lame. You don't, don't call yourself funny, but like, Nick Ballore was like top three at least in everybody's list. Yeah. Which uh, some some of the the tweets that I've seen him send, like, wasn't it? Um, he tweeted at Quandre Diggs. Something like Quandre tweeted like, you know, like let me get mine or something like that. And Ballore tweeted back him back at him, and it was like the height height requirements to go on rides at Disneyland. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like just little like little digs like that, which are just like, okay, that's hilarious. Like, thank you for that. But it um yeah, I mean, God, I, I want to go back down to a game so bad, but like if you guys come down for a game, you need to make sure you tell me in advance so I can try to make sure that like if you guys are down here for a game, I'm at that game. Oh, if if we're going down, we will definitely reach out for sure, but like we're not even allowed to drive across the border yet. We I can know. we can fly down to the states, 
but we can't drive across the border yet. Um, I guess one thing I, I, I talked about it briefly earlier, um, the Jamarco Jones stuck in quicksand play, uh, which I think was like the first or second offensive play for the Seahawks in that preseason game that you went to. Um, did everybody notice that in the stadium as well? Or like, was anybody talking about it? Cause it was bad. Uh, it depends on how drunk they were. Um, <laughs> whether they noticed it or not. Um, no, it's, it was very apparent. I mean, anytime that your offensive line isn't like, and you see your quarterback get lit, like just lit up or like there's pressure in their face. The moment they snap the ball, there's something wrong. And you know, right. that it's one of your offensive linemen not doing assignment. And to be honest, I like, although I know like you, when you're watching a play, especially from the nosebleed section, cause that's where I was, which is actually a great place to sit because you can really see the whole field. Yep. But when you're sitting that far up, Sometimes you don't notice those small things. You're just watching that, like you're almost watching the center snap the ball to the quarterback. So my focus isn't necessarily over here on the left tackle side where Jamarco Jones basically completely zoned out <laughs> for I don't know how long and then got. But so it took me actually seeing on Twitter that play again to realize that like that that happened. So um, sometimes those plays happen so fast and you're looking at elsewhere in the field that you don't actually realize. Unless you're watching, if you're watching on TV, it was probably clear as day because we're getting a whole different shot. You're watching, you're watching basically down the line, right? They have it like focused right where those they're lining up the offensive and defensive line. And I'm sitting here like behind basically like at that point in time, it was like behind the quarterback where they're snapping it. So you don't see the same thing either way. Watching the replay, I was just like, (laughs) I would have cut him for that play alone. Like what were you doing? What happened? <laughs> I, I I I don't know if you saw my tweet, but like right after the play, I was like, I don't because I mean, of course, Stone Forsyth had a really bad miss in that Raiders game, which led to Geno Smith getting the concussion. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if these backup left tackles are trying to get Geno Smith killed, or if they're trying to get Dwayne Brown make sure that Dwayne Brown gets paid. But this backup left tackle play has been just abysmal in the preseason and uh, exactly why Dwayne Brown knows he can hold in and get paid an extension. Like all he has to do is watch the first play of a preseason game. And he's like, cool, I'm getting paid. (laughs) Like that's, (laughs) and if he doesn't, he also knows he's blowing up an entire franchise because the franchise quarterback's going to leave next year. If he's not protected again. And he like, you know what I'm saying? So, Again, when it comes back to that question you asked earlier, like, so certain players know exactly what they can hold in and out for, like, and Dwayne Brown is one of them. We all saw what happened during preseason, and it was an embarrassment. Like, that was embarrassing. I think that Stone Forsyth can develop as a player, but he needs to be behind Dwayne Brown for a minute and to really, like, gain every ounce of knowledge and skill and any like wisdom that Dwayne Brown has to give before that guy retires, like soak that up because good luck. Otherwise. Yeah. Forsyth just needs to learn how to use that six, seven frame of his, right? Like he needs to learn how to get low, needs to learn how to, 
yeah, you get low, get under the guy's shoulder pads, like stop trying to block a guy on his, in his face because it's not going to work. He's just going to duck underneath you, right? So he, he's definitely got a, a lot of learning and a lot of growing uh, to do there. Um, I, I don't know if you saw, but I mean, after um, Steve tried to make you cry earlier about KJ Wright, when you this mentioned the the right steve we don't make our guests cry steven what the hell okay. uh, <laughs> I, I i i was crying a little bit when you mentioned that you're going to both the matt hasselbeck and mike holmgren ring of honor games i'm super jealous i mean let, let alone getting to go to a game in seattle in lumen field on prime time which i think is it, it's the monday nighter right the like, games are literally Monday night and then that like that Sunday. So it's like, just like I'll be within like six days. Holy. I'm gonna I'm gonna be wearing double mask is what I'm gonna do. But um <laughs> one's gonna be in the nosebleeds. So if the Saints game, my brother had some extra tickets and they're like, Hey, if you wanna come sit in the nosebleeds, like come watch the Saints with us and my my wife has some family in Louisiana, so the Saints are like basically the team that I get to root for second because um, you know, there's ties, there's some family ties down there in Louisiana and I love Drew Brees. I just really loved him. So it allowed me to like really root for their team when it wasn't, you know, against us. Um, but then for the, for the Halloween game against the Jags, it's like, man, I really want to see Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, I want to, I want to see that game. And so I bought us some really nice tickets, like yeah, right did. before, right behind the home team, like you'll see some photos come come halloween and yeah so i'm really excited about those games are, yes, are you it. gonna uh drop any sort of hint like exclusive drop on what your costumes are going to be right here on the ball hawks podcast i'm gonna be looking like the hottest seahawks player out there is what i'm gonna be looking <laughs> like uh, no uh yeah i'll probably still wear some seahawks gear i just feel like that's my my solid go-to i got some you know, those Seahawks leggings that look like they're the Seahawks pants. I'll probably, you know, just go all out, um, do a little more extra than I would normally do, probably get some face paint or something going on. Um, but I have a lot of family that happened to be going to that game, which was not planned by any of us. We all just happened to be like, oh, we're all going to be at that game. Um, so it's going to be really exciting. And we're all in different sections. So we'll just get, you know, the whole wraparound photo view of what's <laughs> going on around the game at different times. Um do you think I should wear a different? Should I should I go sport in something? I think my sister was like, "We're gonna go as you know Zelda and Link for the Seahawks Halloween game." Oh, I'm like, "That's pretty one. epic." I think but. you should try your best to uh, recreate or, or replicate replicate uh, Grandma Blue. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm actually I'm just sending you a picture on Twitter right now in your DMs of my first ever Seahawks game and uh, how I painted my face. So if, if you uh, recreate that, I would be impressed, but it, it's not that good. So if look you don't, at, that's OK, too. Look at Chris trying to lobby for a oh costume God, how here. How old were you in that photo? Uh, I was. Oh, you look right like after. you're like maybe 17 or 18. Yeah, it was right after I graduated high school. So I think I, think I was 18 years old. Yeah. You have paint on your face and you still look like a baby. That's hilarious. <laughs> fun, fun fact about Chris, if he shaves, he also goes back to that 18-year-old Chris 
Uh, Let yeah. me just tell everybody that's listening to this podcast, this photo, like his whole face is covered. Like half of it is white, half of it's blue. He's got like some sweet green paint <laughs> underneath his eyes. I mean, you really can't see Chris's face like at all, but you can tell this is baby Chris in this there. photo. That was, uh, my, like I said, my, my first ever Seahawks game. And yeah, I would have been 18 in that picture. I don't remember my first Seahawks game, but I do remember when I was at the 2013 NFC West championship game and I blacked out halfway through the game. So I don't remember <laughs> actually winning that one, um, but we did. And I had a great time apparently and gave lots of people high fives and had a few party fouls. Um, like spilling my beer on the seat in front of us. But you know what? I'm a very friendly person at that point. Um, so it was a game to remember and not remember at the same time. I mean, how can you not be the life of the party when you're handing out high fives? Like, those, those, those are my people to go to. When people are giving high fives out, I'm like, that's someone I want to hang out with. I'll tell you something. I'm not on that level anymore. Like, I've aged out of getting to that point. I know my stopping point these days I just had one too many IPAs at that point, and uh, I know my limit now. So <laughs> One of my favorite sporting event stories, uh, my wife and I went to a Canucks game. I can't remember the year, but I, I don't even think we were married yet. I think we were still dating. And by far, like probably some of the best seats that I've ever had at any sporting event. I think we were like six rows up from the ice. And I started the wave at the hockey game. But, but in doing so, I also knocked some, it might have been my wife's, I can't remember. I knocked somebody's drink out of their hand onto the person beside them. Um, the other team scored while I was trying to start the wave. Um, but I successfully started the wave and one of the Canucks players actually tweeted after the game, love the atmosphere in the arena tonight. Uh, the wave was great or something, something along those lines, but I'll never forget after the game ended, I think the Canucks won like three, two or four, two or something like that. And I said to my wife, I'm like, when did Columbus score their second goal? She goes, when you were trying to start the wave, <laughs> I'm like, all right, yeah, maybe I overdid it tonight. <laughs> We've all had one of those moments, or maybe I, a few. You uh, know, I've got a few of those. Yep, yep. And you get older, and you realize that the hangover lasts a lot longer, and it's no longer as fun as it used to be. So you end up making decisions that are, well, maybe, maybe I'm speaking for myself. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I, I wish I could say that, that I learned my lesson. Um, but we also went to a concert a couple of years ago and I definitely got blackout that night. And I asked my wife, it was, it was a Justin Timberlake concert. And I'm like, did he play this song? Did he play that song? What about this one? Did he play Here's that one? He's like, this, is that it was a Justin Timberlake concert. And that's, you're like, man, yes, this is like, I'm going to get black out. I on a got blackout night. a blackout. And she's like, literally every song you're asking. Yeah. He played all of those songs. What about cry me a river? Was that, was that on that <laughs> play set? I think she told me it was. That was like when I would listen to on repeat, but that was yeah. back in the day. That was like young. So, <laughs> I've actually seen Justin Timberlake in concert three times. I don't no see judgment. you as the big dancing type, Chris. 
he's I would love to he, see your like boy band dancing with that stuff. He puts on a phenomenal show. Uh, and yeah, phenomenal show. Like there's it, it I mean, he's one of my wife's favorites. He's one of my favorites too. I'm not going to say it's just I oh, I went cuz my wife said so. No, I I love going to go to Justin Timberlake concerts. They're a lot of fun. The first one I went to was him and Jay-Z, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, the, the, the last one I went to, I don't remember a second of it. Well, at least you've seen him a few other times. So it's not like a once in a lifetime opportunity here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm Chris, I go exactly. to unlike, unlike an NFC times. West championship game in 2013 that I sadly forget half of <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that's sadly. not the one to try and repeat yeah um okay we'll uh we'll move on a little bit here uh we're going a little more pg friendly it is time for everybody's favorite segment of the week and this week i actually get to host third down and uh obviously this weekend i was camping and uh what do you do when you camp i know where you guys are going with this already based on your previous stories but i did say pg uh i also know chris had a little sleepover with his daughter so i always remember like sleepovers camping one of like my non-negotiables is potato chips Mm. so we are more than just football here we are also very i want to say good food takes but chris is on the podcast so we're like very average to like subpar food takes so this comes from the guy that's never seen a movie (laughs) that's okay (laughs) we're we're talking food here so we got a potato chip battle and uh obviously you listen to every episode but for our listeners who don't we'll kind of give you the recap here we're going to give you some head-to-head battles between potato chip styles or flavors And you get to pick your favorite one of those two. At the end, I'm going to recap your favorites. And then you get to pick an MVP. And then I will award the winner. Sound good? Let's do it. You ready, Chris? You ready to? Yes. (laughs) What what are we doing? Classic Chris, not even listening. (laughs) Third down. Okay, so for the first one, we kind of have to go like OG, like the original. If you're getting a chip in its plain, the OG chips, just a potato chip, it's salted. You've got your choice between like, you know, like a Lay's classic original, just your classic chip. Or would you rather have a ripple cut? So that's like the, you know, the ruffles with like the little lines in them for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about and we're gonna go with Michaela first what's your choice here so there is a clarifying question then if you're really asking between these two is it is dip included in in whether or not I should pick one chip over the other because that would change my answer okay let's not pick dip right now but I'm gonna circle back to that after okay then I'm gonna go with the classic uh Lay's classic original Okay. Classic. Yep. Which obviously, you know, would my answer if there was dip included, because it would change my answer. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Chris? Uh, dip, no dip. Uh, my answer would be the same. I am a ripple guy. Give me give me those ruffles. Really? Okay. 
So Michaela, we got to ask what, what is the kind of dip that you go to? Cause there is really one or at least in BC, I, when I was making this, I'm like, do they have those chips in the States? Sure. Um, what is the dip flavor you have to go to? So growing up, my dad would always shop at Safeway, which is our grocery store down here. Um, so they'd have like, you know, the Safeway select brands of yep. stuff growing up and he stocked two different ones. And one of them was, uh, the French onion dip, which is bomb. Um, and I want to say the other one was some sort of garlic, you know, some sort of garlic dip kind of thing. And that was also another go- good go-to, but I would say the French onion dip would be the winner in that round with some ruffles for sure. Do, do you guys have the, uh, I know originally it, it kind of originated at Costco, um, but now it's kind of everywhere, but the hell of a good dip. I'm not familiar with that, but I'm sure oh. people are. I go to Costco, but I don't like shop at Costco enough to know about their food because when you only have two people in a household, sometimes it feels intimidating <laughs> going to Costco for your <laughs> for your food. Totally. So. You're like, no, we don't need 87 of these. Um, I think I'll just go to like Safeway for that. I don't. Yeah. I don't need two liters of dip. <laughs> I mean, I, we could. Oh, Between yeah. Kate and I, we could 100% do that in like a night, maybe two nights easy because we won't stop if we start. But that's the danger and another reason why we don't do that. <laughs> right, yeah. So I was asking that because as a kid, there was, um, I want to say maybe it was available at Safeway as well. Uh, there was this bacon flavored dip that, mm. like you said, if there was two liters of it, 12 year old Steve was eating two liters of dip and then going in for a second, two liter of it. Like I, I know exactly what dip you're talking about. Right? I, I can't name the brand right no. now, but I can see the packaging yeah. in, in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. So matchup number two here, I've classified this one and maybe this isn't for you, but for me, this is a weird, but popular matchup. So, and this is just flavor-based here. So the first one is barbecue flavor. I find that very weird, but uh, again, very popular. Uh, And another one is jalapeno cheddar. So I'm going to go to Chris on this one first. So you got barbecue or jalapeno cheddar. Two kind of super popular ones, or in my opinion, I see a lot of people having them, but weird to me. Can I just go? Can, nope. can I go off Pick the board one. and nope. say M- M- Miss Vicky's jalapeno? Because um, those are be fantastic. Um, I'm yeah. Okay, oh. <laughs> Old Dutch barbecue suck. Uh, Lay's barbecue is really good. It's definitely better than Old Dutch. But the jalapeno cheddar that the old Dutch crunch put out, which my kid is probably like, what's old Dutch? It's a Canadian thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and like jalapeno cheddar uh, che- Cheetos, those are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, I remember when we used to not get those in Canada, and I'd be like, every time I go to the seventh hour, jalapeno cheddar Cheetos, I need those. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go jalapeno cheddar. Okay. <laughs> I could see where that one was going. Michaela, what are you picking? I'm going to say the same jalapeno cheddar. And I'm not somebody who can handle spice all that well, though. I still enjoy a good jalapeno, you know, whether it's Tim's Cascade. So it's that kettle cooked chip. Um, I like to still indulge in a few of them, even if my mouth is on fire. Um, Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to stick with that because barbecue. I like 
I like eating barbecue, but for some reason, barbecue chips, just they're never going to be my go-to. Um, so that's a, that's a hard pass on my, and on my end. You guys have Miss Vicky's down in the States, right? Yeah. So that's, that's where I was going with the, the, the Miss Vicky's cooked. jalapeno, like that, that sure. kettle. So the old Dutch crunch that it, it's a, a kettle cooked chip, like same idea. I will say um, kettle cooked chips will win out every time for me. Uh, they're they're hard to beat for sure like yeah. um i mean even if we were to go back to the first matchup of the plain chips if you were to give me like some kettle cooked plain chips those would beat out i would still probably take the ruffles but it would be a lot closer battle than it would be the the just plain old blaze ruffles win if they have dip included but otherwise <laughs> the kettle cooked will win out okay. over both of those but have you dipped the kettle cooked well, I wouldn't not dip them, but I just haven't. <laughs> I would totally dip those. So I it's guess good. you make a good point that maybe not even ruffles get to win out in that circumstance. Is dipped kettle cooked is is also. I mean, you, you can't go wrong. Yeah, we've we've had quite a few of these foodie third downs, and I'm not gonna lie, almost every single one of them I have gone either that night or the very next day to get it. Like we'd had an ice cream one. We had a candy one. I still have not done the burger one, Chris. So well, so, um, by the way, so it's um, very unfortunate. The the <laughs> the crush grape pop. Right. Um, that was that was one from a couple weeks ago. So that's why I, I brought it up earlier because uh, it was. I mean, crushed grape pop is so good. Yeah. Um. Okay. So this one, uh, there's a couple here that I was unsure of if you have them down in the States, but I'm pretty sure if you don't, you're, you seem smart enough to be able to decipher what's going on. So this one's the Doritos matchup mm. mm-hmm. and we've got nacho Doritos, the classics sure. versus the cool ranch Doritos. And I'm going to go like to Michaela on this one. <laughs> okay. So here's the thing. Okay. I'm going to give everybody who's listening just a little bit of a secret about nachos, nacho cheese Doritos. If you mix them with Juanita's tortilla chips, if you know, if you have that up in Canada, I'm not sure, the Juanita's tortilla chips, they make a really good base for a solid nacho. And if you're going to make nachos, the only the only way to eat a solid plate of nachos is to, number one, have nacho cheese Doritos be a part of the base for the chips. Number two, this is from my dad. I grew up having this on it, is make sure you put some Thousand Island on your nachos. And if you think that's weird... Don't knock it till you tried it, everybody. Whoa. You're never going to eat nachos again without Whoa. Thousand Island on them. Or Whoa. you will be disappointed. And I'm telling you right now, if you have not tried Thousand Island on your nachos, you've been missing out your entire life. And I'm very sorry. Um, so that's a really hard question because if I was just eating them plain, I would 100% say Cool Ranch. But when you're talking about a plate of nachos, the nacho cheese wins out every time. Okay, so you're going... You're going cool, cool ranch since we're we're talking just straight up. Sure. Okay. That was a long okay. answer for, for, yeah, cool no, ranch. No, that's the, what maybe you don't know or maybe you saw it on Twitter, but um, Chris has been very adventurous in trying weird things. So he, I don't know if you saw this one, but there was the mustard on watermelon going around. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. He, I did see that one, yeah. yeah. So I think that's your your next endeavor there, Chris, is thousands. This isn't even weird, though. It's just delicious. And you're welcome. I'm willing to try the the nacho cheese Doritos. So nachos are kind of like, 
when it's football season, when it's hockey season, like I, I always make nachos like at least once or twice during those seasons. Um, so I, I might have to incorporate some nacho cheese Doritos into my nachos. Um, I don't, I don't know about the thousand Island dressing <laughs> that I, I might have to make a visit down to the Mattis household, uh, yes. to experience that one. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely, I'm willing to incorporate the, the nacho cheese Doritos. Um, cause I, I love eating those with, uh, with salsa actually. And my wife's always like, that's so weird. I'm like, what do you weird. mean? Like it's cheese Doritos and salsa. Like it, they go hand in hand. Like it just makes sense. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to have to make a, a trip down to Washington just to try some nachos. <laughs> Uh, as far as this comp, this matchup goes, I'm actually I'm going with the nacho cheese Doritos in that head to head. But I, I do like the Cool Ranch. Don't get me wrong, they're, they're good. But I I just feel like the the nacho cheese like they're just so easy. Like mm-hmm. ah, like I want some chips tonight. I don't really know what I want, so I'm just gonna get some Doritos. That's fair. It's kind of like a an easy go to. Yeah. Uh, okay, so matchup number four here, we've got a classic two-flavor blend matchup. We've got sour cream and onion, mm. and we've got salt and vinegar. Chris, you're no. up first on this. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Again, I need stipulations. I oh, need you're just stipulations. having a chip, Chris. Not it's, on this one. Not, not on this one. There's not no, I need. I need stipulations because... If it's if we're, again, if we're talking kettle cooked, Miss Vicky's sea salt and malt vinegar, absolutely every time, no question. If we're going like a classic chips, just salt and vinegar versus sour cream and onion, I'm going sour cream and onion. So, so does Miss Vicky's have a sour cream and onion? No, I think that was like a uh, like a green onion and yogurt maybe. Um, so kind of the same idea. Okay, so let's just go classic chip then, because you're making this way too difficult with your... Oh, but if it's this brand, and if it's like on a Tuesday, and did I eat well that afternoon? No, we're just picking chips, Chris. I mean, you and I could get into this for at least an hour over ketchup (laughs) chips alone, and we we both know that. Yes. Um, So if it's just a classic, like, again, I'm going to go back to, you know, my, my old Dutch chips or Lay's chips. Um, I'm going sour cream and onion. Okay. Michaela, what do you have? I'm just going to stick to the fact that these are going to be kettle cooked anyways. So I'm just going <laughs> to go with salt and vinegar. <laughs> Even if it wasn't salt and vinegar, I just grew up. I do like a good sour cream and onion. The Lay's sour cream and onion are solid, a solid chip, but salt and vinegar, man. Like I would just eat, like I would have a huge bag. I don't care if it was kettle cooked or not. I would just have, I would go through a bag on my own, like on a weekend. And then um, your, your mouth is like totally just destroyed after correct. even half a bag oh. of those. And you're like, I don't care. I'm finishing uh-huh. it. There's so, yeah, I am a salt lover. So like I'll add salt to things that don't need salt. Um, <laughs> and I'll probably die from that down the road. But you know, for now, everything tastes great with extra salt. So salt and vinegar wins out for me. See, Chris, that's how it's done. You don't add stipulations. You're like, look, kettle chip. To kettle chip, it's this. If it's plain chip to plain chip, it's this. You're you're so needy, Chris. You're, I, don't I got. Know why I, keep you I got there. I got there eventually, but like I had to let the world know <laughs> that Miss Vicky's sea salt and malt vinegar are pro- oh god, like I I I don't know if I want to say like my one oh one, 
uh, as uh, as far as chip goes. But like, you know, I guess when it comes to kettle chips, sea salt and malt vinegar is the one hundred and one hmm. for sure. Wow. But I like way. I'm I'm the same way. Like, give me savory over sweet any day of the week, and I can't help myself but to just gorge on all the chips. Okay, so this next matchup here is a little bit of a weird one because it's shape of the chip, which I, I think, and obviously once I explain this, it's going to maybe make a little more sense. Maybe you're just going to look at me like I'm stupid, but I'm used to that. So it's quite okay if you do that as well. Uh, we've got the tortilla chip shape and this one, you actually get three different choices and I'm really hoping in the States they have these ones. So obviously there's the classic triangle, right? You've got the the bigger kind of tortilla chip. It's a triangle. Um, you've got the scoops. I'm sure mm-hmm. they have them there. So it's kind of like a little yeah. bowl, but they're a little smaller. And then you've got the tortilla rounds that are mm-hmm. like those perfect little, almost like they were cut from like a donut or something like that. Yeah. Like the, uh, the bite size rounds or the normal rounds? The bite size rounds. Okay. Yeah. I, do, I don't know. There's two different types of rounds, but let's call them bite size rounds. Because they say it I am a bad, chip connoisseur, Stephen. <laughs> I'm going to give Michaela first crack at this one. <laughs> so I'm going to make this real simple because we're not going to add any stipulations. We're just getting right <laughs> to the point. It sounds like. <laughs> so if I'm picking between those with no stipulations, um, I'm just going to go with the classic triangle. Really? Is going to be okay. my tortilla chip. And what if, like, what would your stipulation have been? Because I'm very. Is it a dip again? Of course, if there's a dip, then you're 100, a scoop, unless, okay, if if that tortilla chip is brittle and it's going to break when I try to scoop something in it, then it's a piece, it's a, don't, that's a stupid chip. You made a stupid chip that's meant to scoop something and it's going to break in, the, in a salsa, in a salsa of all things it's going to break. Man, if I'm putting that in a bean dip, that shit's for sure going to break. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, I mean, scoops are a great idea, but if it's a brittle chip, then it's like there's no point. So I'm just going to stick with that triangle classic tortilla chip. That's a a great answer, Chris. I think we know where you're going with your hand gestures, but for the listeners, do you want to maybe explain if they're listening on Apple Podcasts? That's not a triangle. That is a, I don't know, I got nothing. Yeah, triangle. (laughs) Triangle chip, okay. I, I think they're they're called restaurant style, but yeah, yeah triangle. Interesting. And no stipulate, like I don't have to coach you into anything here. You're just picking triangle. Every wow. time. Maybe we yeah, should start I, with Michaela I, dip on or most not, of them. I'm team triangle. Okay. Now this one, we're, we're adding a bonus matchup here because I don't know if you've actually tried these, Michaela. Um, my uncle is from uh, Jacksonville, North Carolina. And every time okay. he comes up, he wants to try the Canada's chips and he just hates them. So we've got uh, another three battle here. Uh, we've got dill pickle. Okay. Have you had those? I've Well, I've had dill pickle chips. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Larry's we, the cable guy, Larry or whatever. I've had his brand of pickle chips and Lay's pickle chips. Huh? I've dill never pickle. heard of Larry, the cable guy's brand of chips it's actually really good if you haven't had it you should find it <laughs> i'm definitely gonna have to try that now uh we've got that versus ketchup chips never had ketchup chips. never had ketchup chips okay and we have all dress chips 
you have awesome any idea what all, all dress. You've never My do you know what it is? That it's some sort of dressing chips like that. The only thing I remember from ever going to the UK is that dressing is just a general dressing there. It's not like you have Italian and Caesar and ranch. Like it was just like dressing was just like one thing. Um, I don't know if that's the case in Canada. So, <laughs> so for, when you say all dress, I'm like, I have no idea. Okay. So for any uh, non-Canadian viewers, all dress chips, and I actually had to look this up myself because I had no idea what was actually included. It's a blend of ketchup, barbecue, sour cream and onion and salt and vinegar all mixed into one flavor called all dressed <laughs> i love the reaction of that like, so it's supposed to get this like tangy kind of taste i guess i could see where maybe that would taste good i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna knock it till i've tried it so now i'm gonna have to try it but I'm obviously going to lean towards the dill pickle only because that's what I'm most confident in saying that. Like I can say that I like those chips. Those are great. Okay. Chris, I know you've had all of these. All of them. Yeah. Love all three dill pickle. Great. All dressed. One of my tops, but you know, I'm going here, Steve, because there's only one right answer. And that is old Dutch (laughs) ketchup chips. Oh, I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. It's actually, um, Olivia and I, during our sleepover last night while we were watching movies, we were watching or we were eating some old Dutch ketchup chips. It's the only right answer. So does that taste like basically if you were to dip a French fry in some ketchup, that that chip is just an extra crunchy, ver- like it's just like a really crunchy French fry that's been doused in ketchup? Maybe a little more tangy than like a than ketchup would be like I got a, a little more of a, like a salt and vinegar vibe, but with ketchup. Yeah. Maybe. I, I, yeah. Kind of. Like, I don't know. They're just, I love ketchup chips. Like I, how you are with salt and vinegar. I will eat ketchup. Yeah. I guess you would say they are kind of like salt and vinegar. Cause if you eat too many, your, your mouth and your tongue will, um, will, will hate <laughs> you for right that. Off. And I have, I have reached that point. Um, so yeah, that's, that's probably a, 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 a similar, you know, comparison. Oh, that's okay. so funny. Okay. So I'm going to read your guys's MVP or, uh, tops here. And then you got to give me your MVP. I feel like I know where both of you are going with this, but you know, I'm not here to put any pressure on you. So, um, I'm going to start with Chris on this one. You've got, you picked ruffles, you picked jalapeno cheddar. You picked nacho Doritos. Uh, you picked sour cream and onion. You picked the triangle. And you picked ketchup chip. What's your MVP? Do I need to put stipulations on it? <laughs> Can't be old Dutch. No, I'm just like, kidding. what day of the week is it? What else have I had to eat that week? Is my heartburn really bad? Because like, if it is, like, yeah, mm-hmm. like if it is, I can eat ketchup chips because they just did i have an emotional conversation Um, with my mother on the phone earlier that day like (laughs) you never know what's going on honestly i I, i'm gonna have to go with and because this is i mean the the pretty big staple in the household is munchie mix where it's got the doritos got the cheetos it's got the the cheese sun chips and the pretzels so it's like a combination of everything so i'm gonna have to say my mvp as much as i love ketchup chips and if you were to ask me like uh 20 years ago i would have said without question ketchup chips but now i'm gonna go with the 
nacho cheese Doritos. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was like, is he going to pull out an answer of something that's not even on this MVP list? He's yeah. about to say. <laughs> that would be a typical <laughs> Chris thing pack. to say. So I like your choices, but uh, since I'm a chip connoisseur, as he says. I have an alternative choice. Yeah, I'm going to make my own answer to this. Um, Sweet touch. Yeah. Michaela, we have uh, original Lay's. We have jalapeno cheddar. We have uh, the cool ranch. We have mm-hmm. salt and vinegar. We also have the triangle. And then we went for dill pickle. Who is your MVP out of that one? If you watch the Rugrats, of course it's dill pickle. Um, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with um, salt and vinegar. It's just a classic. One of my favorites that has stayed consistent throughout my life. I got to give a shout out to the salt and vinegar chips. So, so I don't, obviously they don't have old Dutch chips in America by the sounds of it, but old Dutch. They might somewhere in a special store, but definitely not the places I'm going. Okay. They have uh, old Dutch does a salt and vinegar chip, but they do it. It's called a baked salt and vinegar chip. So mm-hmm. it's got like that crunch to it. Um, oh, they're unbelievable. Tim, Tim's cascade. Do you guys have that up there? No, no. Tim's Cascade, the solid kettle version of it's my number one salt and vinegar. Tim's Cascade kettle cooked bomb. That's like my favorite thing about going to new places is like, oh, look at this like weird looking unknown chip. Like I know I like salt and vinegar, so I'm trying Tim's Cascade chips. My grandma, as I mentioned, she's British. She's from England. Um, She goes to this place down where where she lives in Tacoma and it's called the British Bites. Um, and it's like this little British store that they'll get all this, they'll import all the, you know, all this stuff. And there's chips in the UK called Walkers. And they're a lot like, like you look at the bag and you think like, okay, that, that's Lay's, but it's like Walkers. So it's like the UK's version of, of Lay's. So she'll always buy a couple bags and send me like a care package just up here in Seattle. And it's just like, we got a couple bags of the Walkers chips, like just sitting on top of our fridge. But um, it is fun to try new things from different places and to kind of compare and see uh, see how good they are. But this is a fun little little uh, comparison here. So, so it, I get to give. Oh, go ahead, Chris. I was just to say, like I said, I'm I'm gonna have to make a trip down to Seattle to try the uh, the the Mattis famous uh, Thousand Island nachos. Yes. Uh, but, but maybe we'll have to come down with a couple bags of chips as well and uh, and say, like, this is what ketchup chips are and this is what all dress chips are. And, Please do. Yeah. And I will make – I promise – I make a, I can make them just as my dad made them growing up. Um, and if you're not sure about Thousand Island, I can just, like, make the nachos as is and then we'll just do a dollar of Thousand Island on one chip. <laughs> and if you like it, just douse it down. Just just. Oh no! Not it, it, your whole plate of nachos if you're not like a Thousand Island fan because that's less for me. The end of the day, if you, <laughs> if you don't like it, that stuff is like you know. Oh, that's that, always stuck in our fridge here. That's Steve, how you do food I, takes when you have kids. Like when you know your kids don't like something that you like, you're like, oh, you don't enjoy tomatoes on your pizza. Well, guess what? I only got a pizza with tomatoes. Like, I I'm guess sorry. I'll have to eat the whole pizza. Shoot. Me- Maybe Steve won't like those nachos because Steve's never had a Big Mac, so he might be anti Thousand Island dressing. And uh, what he's missing out on, right? He's never had a Big Mac. Like it's not it's not Steve's fault. He doesn't know. Like he just doesn't have anything to base it off of. Like it's yeah. not that he doesn't like it. He just doesn't know yet. 
And Steve, I, I promise you, man, like you get you get some Thousand Island on your hamburger, on your Big Mac, or on your nachos, and <laughs> your life has changed forever. So. It's like a staple. Is like, yeah, it's like how, what my wife puts. My wife puts ketchup on everything. Like I'll I'll make her a nice meal, and she's like, oh, is the ketchup there? Like. Pfft. Oh, thanks for like ruining my meal. Like on like, scrambled eggs, which actually isn't bad when oh, some ketchup, ketchup on no eggs. ketchup on scrambled eggs is an absolute must. Either that or salsa. Maybe put a little yeah. bit of like sour cream on. You know, like just make it a little bit. You know, little, little bit of hot sauce and and ketchup. Yeah, I can't hear. yeah, not ketchup though. Um, so the winner of this battle, there's a clear winner in this, and. Uh, not because I hate Chris. That's just one reason. Um, <laughs> first of all, Salt and Vinegar was a great MVP. And uh, Chris deviating from ketchup chips is like sinful for me. And the fact that he said he loves Lay's barbecue and he likes All Dressed should tell you everything you need to know about Chris's palate. It is atrocious. <laughs> All dressed chips are absolutely disgusting. They're ex- you know the face you made, Michaela, when you know, I was telling you all the flavors, and you're yeah. like, that sounds disgusting and weird, and that kind of like sour, shocked face. That's exactly what they taste like. So um, my brother loves them, and I always make fun of him for eating them. So Michaela is the clear and decisive winner of this battle. It's. I mean, that's. Not surprising, considering I'm the winner of many things, hey. including the league we're about to draft for tomorrow. I'm going to oh. uh, win that as well. So just get used to it is what I'm saying. Wow. Um, I'm sorry, boys. Some early smack talk coming from we, Seattle. Uh, wow. we, we, we might have to bring you over. We're going to live stream the draft tomorrow. So <laughs> we, we might have to bring you on uh, after, you know, a couple draft picks and, and see if you can, uh, you know, Back see, up those can, words you can, and and you can, uh, feel still in the draft process is what yeah. it sounds like. I see. Okay, so you're already coming up with your strategy to make sure that I mess something up. Um, I take those very seriously. I like the Cougar game started yesterday at eight o'clock, and I had a draft at eight thirty. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm not even watching any of this Cougar game because I'm like too invested in like drafting and making sure I don't mess this up. And then we end up losing anyways, so you know, it doesn't matter. But yeah. I'm excited for tomorrow. I hope you guys are prepared. I am. Not at all. Oh, good. Absolutely. That makes me in a very good place. <laughs> it's a kicker <laughs> year this year as well, I believe. Um, okay, so we have one last thing to get to. It's our mailbag segment. It's pretty small this week, but uh, we can tailor it here. Uh, first question comes from Peter Klima's helmet. Chris, we figured out who this actually was. <laughs> I, I know who this okay. is, yes. Okay, so Peter Klima, that's clearly not you, but uh, maybe it's your helmet. The question is, what hashtag Seahawk will Chris take first overall in tomorrow's draft? So I'm going to give this question to Michaela. What's he, and obviously he's not going to pick him first overall. Maybe he's going to pick Russ. But um, if there's somebody that Chris is going to draft way too early, who is it going to be? Who do you think he's Kyle Pitts. <laughs> no, it has to be a Seahawk player. Oh, a Seahawk player. Damn. Um, if it wasn't a Seahawk player, it would be Kyle Pitts. Um, I'm going to go with DK Metcalf. Great pick. Although, you know, 
because you know you pretty much have to take him in the second round if you really want him there, depending on how deep your your league is. Um, but I'm just gonna go ahead and say that he's gonna draft DK first <laughs> round. <laughs> Should uh, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna dedicate my whole draft tomorrow to just messing with Chris. Like if I get the first overall pick, I'm picking Kyle Pitts. If I like, if I can Don't write on DK Metcalf, unless I'm drafting second, I can take uh, <laughs> McCaffrey. Then I'm, I'm solid with that. Okay. Okay. I'll, yeah. Okay. You can. You Don't can... mess up your draft for the sake of trying to mess up Chris's, oh, because I guarantee you, you'll funnier. still win if you don't even try to mess his up. <laughs> she is going Jesus firing Christ. for Chris. Okay, Chris, what Seahawk are you taking first overall? Uh, I mean, Michaela's probably right. Is uh, I, I probably reach. Actually, no. I mean, like, like you said, DK Metcalf. I mean, he's probably a second rounder. So if, if I were to like reach on a on a guy, it's probably going to be Russell Wilson. Um, I mean, I'm always one of those people that likes to wait on my quarterbacks. Um, so yeah, if, if I were to reach on someone, it's going to be Russell Wilson in like the, I don't know, third or fourth round or some, something like that. And take a quarterback way sooner than I want to. So what you're saying is if you land first overall pick, you're drafting Russell Wilson. That's a verbal I, contract here on the ball Hawks podcast. You heard it here. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Maybe maybe it'll be Kyle Pitts. Maybe you're it'll be J.K. So, Dobbins. So I don't know yet. Indecisive. Like we can't even get you to pick a chip now. We can't get you to just answer a question. Like I just answered. Yeah. Maybe I'll pick Russell Wilson. Maybe, um, maybe I won't. The I next know. questions come from Marquise, <laughs> who that was the draft I did earlier. He does a podcast cover four with the guys. Um, his first question is: No Zach Martin for Cowboys opening day. Is there even a chance they win? Michaela, what do you think if Zach Martin's not there? I would be so nervous if I was the Cowboys for the sake that everybody was super worried about Dak going out his first game. Is he ready? Is his shoulder ready? Is his ankle obviously ready? When you don't have your star guard out there and you're playing against Tampa Bay, (laughs) good luck. I don't know if i would risk putting dak out there at this point i mean who's your backup like i don't of course i don't tr- like follow the cowboys all that well to where it's just like oh they're okay with this backup like he's not going to get annihilated but that's your star like you saw how like I'm nervous yeah you saw how shaky joe burrow was kind of behind an offensive line for the first time coming back from major injury you make a really good point i not only for like as the team, like you just paid Dak Prescott, so you better protect him. And then he's going to have those jitters already coming back from a huge injury. Um, Chris, any chance they win? Nope. <laughs> Your uncle's going to love you for this. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I didn't like their chances before the Zach Martin COVID news. Um, I like their chances even less now without Zach Martin. I mean, yeah, it's, they're losing their, one of their best offensive linemen. Um, I mean, we saw what the Tampa Bay defense did against Pat against Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Um, like they brought every single guy back on that defense. It's it, yeah. Nope. Nope. They no brought every single guy back on their starting team. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's bananas. Tampa Bay's how you gonna win. 
Yeah, suck I, it, Dallas. Absolutely wild. Um, his second question is, where does Cam Newton go from here? So, Chris, who do you think Cam Newton gets signed by? Yeah, it's funny. I think uh, Michaela and I were, were actually talking about this uh, right after he got cut. I think his most oh. logical uh, next step from here is to just sit in the shadows and wait until somebody gets hurt uh, and then sign where wherever that may be so i'm not going to say i don't know maybe i don't know houston probably makes the most sense if you're not waiting for someone to get hurt uh if you're waiting to get for someone to get hurt who knows who knows <laughs> yeah is that what you think too michaela he's just like sorry, sitting, sorry, sitting what behind are, the what screen the <laughs> yeah sorry what are the stipulations again steve uh the city has to start <laughs> with an s or a q actually um, quebec city perfect <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, Michaela, the where first do you think? place he has to go is a vaccination clinic before. He <laughs> so um, that's the first place he's going to have to be going. Um, <laughs> I would agree that it would be Houston if <laughs> if we're talking about a team that still has high need that wants to see what he has left, and maybe it's yeah, um, it's going to be a journey for Cam Newton at this point. Yeah, that's anyway, that's, that's tough my when you get beat out by a rookie like that. And you're not like you well, said, Mac and Jones you're not showed out. Let's be honest about how Mac Jones played for preseason. Like he like I think he legit won the job regardless of kind of how that went. It's not that Cam Newton played bad. I'm not I'm not saying that he didn't have a decent preseason, but to have a rookie there and if you already know that he's starting caliber at that point and he's looking solid like he's on his rookie contract you just you just start the dude and you cut your ties elsewhere like you make him your franchise quarterback if you have confidence that he's your franchise quarterback so definitely yeah i'm i uh i follow alabama that's kind of my college team so i he's definitely nfl ready i think he was almost the most nfl ready quarterback out of all the quarterbacks he just might not have the highest you know, see or uh, the highest potential out of all of them to be like a superstar. So that sure. makes a lot of sense. Um, this one's going to be a fun one. So I'm actually going to split this one up. Marquise's last question is build an offense using the NFC South. Using the NFC South. He wants you to build an offense of one quarterback, two running backs a tight end and three receivers. So I'm going to start with Michaela on this one. Who's your quarterback from the NFC South? So you've got, um, God, I have, <laughs> I hate this. I hate that you're making me choose Tom Brady here. <laughs> the reality of it is, is that Matt Ryan's a solid quarterback. I think people don't give Matt Ryan enough credit with the Falcons that Matt Ryan is a good quarterback. I, I hate that that's the question. <laughs> Tom Brady has the teams that are winning teams. He has a team. I'm not. Yeah, I. that's my answer. I'm not going to even dive into it because I'm already salty that that's who I have to choose. <laughs> but that's my quarterback. I had no idea you were going to be salty about that. But if I knew, I definitely would have picked that starting point for you. Chris, who are the two running backs? Uh, Christian McCaffrey. No yeah. doubt. Obviously. Um, I, I may not like him in fantasy this year, but I mean, how do you not go with a guy like Alvin Kamara? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's, 
unless you're going like on quad sizes, then maybe you're picking Mike Davis. Uh, <laughs> I thought maybe he would get like an honorable mention with those legs. I, I look at them. He said, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's uh, go to Michaela for a tight end. One tight end. <laughs> Do the, it, Michaela. The Kyle Pitts. <laughs> the Kyle Pitts. <laughs> the guy that Chris is not going to draft tomorrow. You, Chris, all I can say is you better rig the draft order because if I'm drafting before you, I'm taking him just out of spite. Just purely out of spite because I don't like you. That's fine. The Kyle Pitts, hey? Yeah. No other option. Like, Gronk no, didn't get like there, a, no, like, well. Gronk, Gronk last year had a couple games where it was just like touchdown, touchdown, like fantasy point-wise solid for a couple of those games. Um, nothing against Gronk for his skill set. But I, if we're talking potential and somebody who's up and coming, it's I I'm also stand behind. I think Kyle Pitts is going to be a solid player for the Falcons. So, yeah, it's kind of hard to pick against him when like every draft evaluator is calling this kid a Hall of Fame talent. He's also the leading tight end and guaranteed money out of all the tight wasn't ends he in the, the highest picked tight end in NFL draft history. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's definitely hard to pick against him. I always find it very difficult to pick a rookie as like the choice when they literally have done nothing in the NFL. Although I did do that last week with, well, with a, a segment we did. I should know this, but who's the saints or the Panthers tight end right now? Exactly. So yeah, you're literally picking between Gronk, yeah. and Kyle Pitts. Exactly. Okay, um, Chris, give me give me two wide receivers. I'm going to give Michaela the last wide receiver, so this will put her on the spot a little bit. So don't pick the one she wants to pick. Michael you... Thomas. Okay. And <laughs> Calvin Ridley. <laughs> Calvin okay, Ridley. Now you're pissing me off. Now you pick <laughs> Calvin Ridley. <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. No, I know who I'd go with. If okay, so we got those. Thomas, we got Ridley. Michaela, you have the last wide receiver to pick for the all NFC South team. Mike Evans. Mike Evans. Okay, yeah. I am a little surprised, Chris, that you like you were so sure to pick Michael Thomas right away. We were just talking earlier about how, you know, his accolades are good when he's healthy, but staying healthy recently just you know, he's been injured. Can Michael Thomas yep. return to that form? Because okay. you've got but, like so DJ Tom, Moore there. Tom Brady's our quarterback in this fantasy scenario. Tom Brady doesn't throw a really good deep ball. Tom Brady loves those slant routes, those underneath routes. What does Michael Thomas do well? Fair. That's good. Okay. So we've got the all NFC South team there for you, Marquise kind of some slam dunks in there like the nfc south is a i find it's the division of like you've got the best running back in the league followed by like eh, you got mike davis you guys are familiar with mike davis he's got great legs but uh, i'm not sure if he's really a starting quarterback mike or running davis back. to fill in for mccaffrey last year was solid yeah. Like, you didn't pick up Mike Davis in fantasy after he went down. Like, that was actually a solid backup that gave you starting points. Like, totally. Yeah. So, 
maybe a little underrated. We'll see how he is this this season. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not p- necessarily picking him in my fantasy league. But... <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I thought we were going to get a little insight to tomorrow. Like, so what round exactly were you going to take Mike Davis in so I can jump ahead of you on that? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't show my cards. I just keep them close. I'll let you guys pick on each other and I'll just make sure I get the best team. <laughs> you win the inaugural season. That, uh, that, that, that's a good strategy for sure. Yeah. So I, I, I did call Steve a very choice word the other night when he took Justin Fields in our keeper league. Oh, right. Yeah. You were yeah. like not safe for podcasting. <laughs> no, don't air that one. <laughs> It, yeah, it was. Don't get me started on how upset I am and bitter I am that the Bears aren't going to start Justin Fields. Oh, but that's for a different podcast and a different day. Oh, um, we have we Matt, started. What was it? Talked, two weeks ago. Two, uh, like oh, the second he was drafted, yeah. like Matt Nagy should be fired if Justin yeah. Fields is not the week one starter. Maybe it, yeah, it was like two weeks ago. Our, the start of the segment was why is Matt Nagy so dumb? Like you, yeah. you've got to be kidding me that this is even a question. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's the mailbag. Thank you to Fake Peter Klima's helmet and Marquise. Um, we are wrapping the episode up here. Michaela, we have guests on, and we like to give them kind of like you know a shameless plug time. We know you're mm. kind of getting ready to maybe start venturing in some podcasts, so maybe remind everyone again where they can follow you and maybe like kind of what's up, what's new, what's going forward with you. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to sit here and think about doing some more podcasts, um, whether it's on my own or finding somebody fun to, to talk with about Seahawks football and NFL overall, you know, like I, I love it all. I love fantasy. I love, um, just, just talking sports. So, um, thinking about that, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Michaela Mattis, which is M-I-K-A-E-L-A-M-A-T-T-E-S. It's just my first and last name. It's pretty basic, so it shouldn't be hard to find me. Um, and have a lot of fun just talking to my Twitter friends, people who like sports. You know, I make sure I respond to those who who reach out to me and um, looking forward to the season. There's a lot to talk about. It's my first season on Twitter in terms of like having a really good following of people who also love football and, and the Seahawks. And so I'm really excited to see what kind of things we end up tweeting about and talking about <laughs> through the twits is what I like to call it. So uh, just thank you for having me here today. It's been a lot of fun tonight. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Um, hope, hopefully you start your own podcast because I would definitely listen to it. Um, don't get Chris on as a guest. Obviously this was kind of like a, a future insight too. you'll have to make stipulations onto that, but definitely guys give Michaela a follow, uh, especially if you're a Seahawks fan, I'm not a Seahawks fan and I enjoy her as a follow. So you should as well. And, uh, Chris, as always, I give you the last words. Uh, yeah, no, uh, Michaela, thank you. First of all, for coming on. Um, really happy to have you on today. Um, love talking Seahawks with you on Twitter, uh, and love it just as much, if not more talking Seahawks with you. Um, I guess we'll call it face to face. 
Um, it, it, it's been a really great episode. Uh, love your insights. Love going back and forth with you. Um, and, you know, anytime that you're free, we would be more than happy to have you back. Um, and I also want to say thank you for also wearing a, G, uh, a jersey tonight. Um, because before we got on, before you were here, Steve was taking the piss out of me a little bit for wearing my Seahawks jersey and being like, oh, look at Chris. He's a Seahawks fan and he wears a Seahawks jersey. And I'm like, so, yeah. So thank you for that. Look, um, if we're going to be doing this, we're going to be doing this in our jerseys. Uh, yeah. Steve, get on board. Look, I so, got, I've got my best Ravens cut off shirt that I'm wearing. <laughs> Hand cut. Again, thank you, Michaela. Um, please everyone, uh, thank you for listening. Go, uh, you know, subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars. Uh, you know, we're, we're kind of lacking in the reviews lately because of somebody's students, uh, no names will be named. Um, but, uh, it's not looking too pretty right now. Um, also give Steve a follow over on Twitter. He forgot at the open of the show. He's been really good for the last week, but he can be found over on Twitter at SS Fisher eight, seven. Follow the uh, podcast account at ballhawks underscore pod. And of course, you can find me over there as well at Phillips Chris 12. And as always, guys, like I say every week, go Hawks. Peace. Hey, listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.